Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. Hi, and welcome to the 260th episode of the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. I'm Kyle Barton of Waterfront Windsors, and I'm here with my co-host, Diami Plotke of the Penultimate Woodshop, and Sean Wisniewski of the Corner Workshop. Tonight, we're asking Rex Hansen the five questions. So, thanks for joining us again, Rex, and now you're on the hot seat. So, first up... <laughs> ask, ask away. It's good to be here. <laughs> so, first up, how did you get into woodworking? Oh, seventh grade attending school at uh, Roy Junior High. Went to middle school middle school and I had watched all my my I have uncles that just lived a few blocks from me and they were not much older than me and I watched all the cool stuff that they made when they were older and so mm-hmm. you know, took my first drafting class and we learned some basic drafting skills and then the first thing I ever made was this little Maybe a round pedestal with a with a dowel sticking up and a, a shape of a you know a snipe or some bird that I cut out on a, a scroll saw and gave that to my mom for Christmas. Huh. Wish I so. Still- so they let you use power tools in the seventh grade. Yeah, this is back in the olden days, you know. I mean, okay. Because <laughs> I had a seventh grade shop class, but we were barred. They had all the power tools there, but we were barred from using them. And I remember I made a skateboard, and I had to cut that out with a coping saw. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, that's a lot of work. Yes, a lot of yes, sanding. it was. This is, back in the 60s. this is back in the 60s. Safety, you know, production was more important than safety back then. Ah, <laughs> see, I was in the late 70s, so there you go. <laughs> so Crazy. So from there, I just kind of took it through school, did some things, and later on, later in life, said, hey, there's a woodcraft here, and the owner was a really cool guy, and he has lots of classes at his store. So I kind of took classes there. Fantastic. Very cool. So what is your favorite tool? Oh, how about favorite tool of the week? Sure. Favorite tool of the week? I, I really like spoke shaves mm-hmm. and uh I, I i use i mean i have i have lee nelson spoke shaves i have kind of a spoke shave junkie frankly <laughs> um, and i can't i, I kind of like all woodworkers i'm not going to tell anybody what my tools are worth or how many i got but i, <laughs> I they were it, always there i have a lot of spoke shaves but i i uh, really like I probably, I, I really like, there's a Stanley 151 spoke shave that's got two knobs on it I like a lot. And it's, I don't know, it could be 100 years old. It's pretty old and it just works really nice. I swapped out, put a hawk, I used the original blade for a while and then I got tired of sharpening that super skinny thin blade. Mm-hmm. So I swapped it out to be a Ron Hawk blade and I really like it a lot. Yeah, Ron makes some beautiful blades. He, he he knows steel. Yes, he does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, in your woodworking, Rex, uh, who has influenced you the most? Oh, the, the the list is legion. It's really pretty long, but I I think the person that really got me 
I had a high school teacher that is is Mr. Borup. He was really really good and um, encouraging. And so I, you know, if it wasn't for shop, I mean, I always did okay in school, but if it wasn't for shop, I probably would have dropped out. So I mean, it was it was really good that he was there and encouraging. Uh, after him, probably Rob Cosman, who lives in Canada and travels around teaching things. And um, it was from Rob that I learned. What a hand, you know, before we all had hand planes and we all hated them because they were not very good hand planes. And Rob taught me that if you have a good tool, it's 80 percent tool, 20 percent user. And you can do a lot of things with a good hand tool where mm. if you have if you go to Home Depot and you buy some of the equipment there nowadays, I mean, some's not bad. OK, don't get me wrong. There's some good tools there, too. But, you know. If you have a distant saw that's 100 years old and you can hold it with two fingers and make it cut a straight line, that's sure a lot nicer than a saw you go buy somewhere else and you're fighting to make it cut a straight line. So the tool makes a big difference. So yeah, it does. I, you know, I have to attribute Rob for that. And then uh, a fellow named Monty Eldfrick, he um, bought the local Woodcraft franchise probably 15 years ago. And he just opened it up to where he said education was going to be a big thing. And I think they probably teach. I mean, that shop's busy, not every day, but probably four out of seven days a week, there's a wow. class. And wow. So it's really, it's kind of fun to just take different ones. So mm-hmm. um, those, those, those three, but then he's had some people working for him. I mean, a Bob Rodkin and Brian Bass and uh, Scott Taylor and others have just been very, very uplifting. So, I mean, I've been blessed in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I'll have to check our local woodcraft. I don't know how often they offer. Is that the is class. that the one in Austin? No, no, no. We have two in Houston. We got okay. well. If you consider them close, I mean, they're probably fifty miles from each other. Okay, so you're closer to Houston than you are Austin. Then okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I'm on the coast, so I'm like fifty miles from Houston. Okay. But, um, yeah, there's two woodcrafts there. There's one in the north part of Houston and one in the southeast part of Houston. But, uh, yeah, they offer classes, too. But I don't think at that type of rate. I want to say they're more weekend-type classes. Yeah, these guys have— I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong there. These guys have Saturdays and then just about every night of the week. There's Mm -hmm. a night there they don't have. But they have a lot of classes, and from wood burning to character carving to— you know, spindle and bolt turning. I mean, a lot of beginner classes, and sometimes they're just fun to take. Again, the teachers are really good. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I should probably uh, patron them more than I do. But being, you know, the closest one to me is, you know, a good fifty miles away. So if it's if it's something I got to have today, I'll go go up there and grab it. But if not, I'll just order it. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a yeah. bit of a cute. I think I have maybe five miles, four miles, and it's it's almost mostly all interstate. Yeah. The nearest woodcraft yeah. for me is in Connecticut. That's probably bon, Bob Van it bon, Bob Van Dyke's campus there. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So Sean, do you have anything near you? Really, they have really uh, top instructors at that one. That's cool. <laughs> I've heard such <laughs> things, but I've actually only been in the woodcraft section at the school. <laughs> yeah. I think I, we've I, had this conversation before, but Sean, what, what do you have near you? I have one woodcraft. Um, it's probably, well, it's closer to my work than, than here. It's maybe 20 minutes away from my house. Um, mm-hmm. Beyond that, I couldn't tell you where the next one is. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they've only been there for the last 15 or so years. 
There's one in Ohio that has a, I mean, every once in a while he does a podcast out of his store. And I've heard heard really good things about the program at that store. But Hmm. I can't. I can't remember which city it's in, though. I know it's not a, it's not a woodcraft, but a, um, there's a place called Woodworks with an E mm. uh, near Columbus that has. I've actually been in their store. It's a fantastic store. It's a mix of a Rockler store and and store. other things and their own thing. Yeah, and it's really cool. It's right by the fairgrounds. It's it's kind of nice. They did Mark's Flame Power Max yes. years and years ago, yes. didn't they? Yeah, that they are. So they're that level, and they do a lot of. A, a, a wide variety of things, I should they, say. And that was that was the first Rockler store I've been in, and that's the nearest Rockler store that I can think of to me, and that's two and a half hours away. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. It's closer than Bob's is to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that said, so, uh, so, Rex, what's been your biggest stumbling block in your woodworking? Um... This sounds probably pretty silly, but um, it's a lot easier to watch someone make woodworking stuff on Instagram or uh, watch Mark Spagno on. I think he's even on Amazon or yeah, Amazon Prime. I think he's on there. With yeah. Some stuff. Um, it's a lot easier to do that or read read you know one of the one of the woodworking magazines. You're sitting down and you're air conditioned and, you know, it takes very little effort to do that other than it does take a little effort to to walk through those things. You know, to go through like if someone's building a piece of furniture to get to understand the the text and the article, then go in the shop. I need to spend more time in the shop actually doing stuff. So, you know, you want to carve, you know, you want to you want to cut dovetails. Um, Bob Van Dyke told me what he does for his intensive classes. Two guys, the, the people will come into class. And they're going to be there for, I think it's 90 days. And every day, so for 90 days, every day, there is a, a piece of wood that's probably half inch thick. There are two pieces of wood that are half inch thick, maybe six inches long and two inches wide. And their job is to cut one dovetail, just one, just a fat dovetail, the pin and the tail that fit together. And he says, you watch, after a couple of weeks, these guys are doing all kinds of fancy stuff. He goes, I wish I could cut dovetails like that. But they do it every day for like 90 days or 30 days or whatever it is. Oh, man. They get really good at it. But he says, I have those cut out and set on their desk every morning before or their bench every morning. And so that's the way you get good at this is repetition. Mm -hmm. So I noticed when um, I took Mary May's carving class to do relief carving, we were doing – uh, you know, flowers and petals, and we did oak leaf. We did uh, our acanthus leaf, and um, some of my some of my carving was um, fairly smooth. It almost looked like I sanded. And people go, "How come? How come you're? I mean, go. How do you get to this smooth?" And they they go, "I says, well, believe it or not, it's carving lots and lots of spoons over and over again." And the greenwood carvers, if you, I mean, there's some really great greenwood carvers out there. There's a fellow named Patrick Daish. I'm going to get his name wrong, Daite or Daite out of New York, um, Jared Stonedahl, or some great ones, okay? And they, they take great pride and they never touch their spoons with, it's all knife cut. And so they don't swell up when they get wet, like a sanded one swells up a little bit and gets rougher. And so my goal is always to be able to do that with my carving gouge. I'm not there yet, but I hope someday. And I'm getting, I mean, every, you know, I'm getting better 
every time and just the repetition and do those things over and over again. And it, it kind of sounds silly, but even sanding, you get better with sanding the more you the more you sand. I mean, everybody thinks, hey, I know how to sand, but it wasn't until just a few years ago that I was in a class and a guy says, do you guys know how to use sandpaper? And we're all going, yeah. He goes, well, here's how you use it. You use it. So everybody goes, well, you use every grit, you know, and the next number up. He goes, no, nah, you can skip a grit. And so he says, if you're using 80, divide that by two. Your next grit's going to be 80 plus 40 is 120. Use that. 120, you're going to divide that by 260. Go to 180. You can skip 150. And so and then he shows directions. And, I mean, finishing is the biggest one. I mean, geez, Louise, that is that is that is a that is a rabbit hole to go down to. So <laughs> yes. The more to finish, the better. So, I'm in that rat hole. I need to, uh, I need to spend, hole. Yeah, I need to spend more time in the shop just doing the basic things over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no exper- there's no excuse for shop time. Like that is what makes you better. Yeah, it's not reading it a book or watching it on TV. It's in the shop. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, how has the internet influenced your work? Oh, great. Uh, I mean, a, a couple of things. Okay. So, you know, 10 years ago, um, when I said, hey, I'm going to uh, make a bookshelf or something like that, you you know, you, you go get whatever tools you can scrounge up and you kind of make something that's okay. It sure is a lot easier. And you can say, I mean, in some ways, it's a little difficult. So say you want to learn how to sharpen a card scraper. I will bet you there's Somewhere more than a hundred videos on YouTube, more than a hundred and less than a thousand on how to sharpen a card scraper. Everybody and their dog should have had it. <laughs> um, same thing with like sharpening. I've probably watched half of those. Uh, I, and I've tried to watch all of them, but there's a point in time when you just give up. You just say enough. Okay. Um, and same thing with um, sharpening a plane, you know, a hand plane mm-hmm. blade. Um, and I kind of like the counsel that um, Mike Pekovich or um, oh uh, his colleague, not Ben, but Matt. Um, Matt Kenny. Matt, Matt Kenny. Kenny. Yeah. I, yeah. I kind of like Matt. You know, they, they both have the same philosophy. A lot of these work. So pick one by someone you know, whether it's Bob mm. Rogowski or somebody. Pick one. And stick with it until you get it figured out. Then if you once you do that, you can branch into another one and look. But pick one because if it's by someone who does that for a living, it's going to work. They're not going to give you bad information. They're not trying to trick you. They want you to learn how to find one that works. So, I mean, like Card Scraper, the one by Mark Spagno is – I mean, there's another one, good one by uh, Gary Rogowski. But the one by Mark Spano, I go, that, that – I mean, even a dumb guy like I can figure that one out pretty easily. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's really good. So um, so there's a lot of information out there. Weeding through it could be tough, but pick someone that's, you know, published or someone that you hear about on this show or um, and, and go with some things they say. Because there's there's and I've always in, in work or life, I was always say well, a problem will crop up and I'll think, OK, I don't have to be the first guy to crack this nut. I just got to find out who cracked the most nuts and what idea was the best and find out how they did it. So it helps a lot because we didn't have that 20 years ago. It's way better now. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. the And to your point, there's so much information out there. It's you got to weed through it. But I, but I like I like what you bring to it is like, hey. Look for someone that's actually doing this for a living, and the uh, and the uh, technique they're using is probably gonna, you know, it may not be the best, but it's gonna work. 
it's going to work. You know, the one other thing that I have to mention about the social media that I think is really pretty cool is I, I, I do not belong to many of them. All right. And I was sitting there, I kid you not, a couple of years ago, I was sitting in my mom and dad's backyard over in eastern Idaho, waiting for the eclipse to occur because it was I was in I was in the spot where it was going to be 100 <laughs> percent perfect. Okay. And I, I had like two hours to kill and my daughter travels the world. And everybody was telling me how they're so excited to see Rachel in Germany or Rachel in this place. And and I and I thought, geez, I don't see any of this stuff. I thought she just sent me pictures every once every 10 months. And they go, no, she posts every week. So I thought I'm going to figure out this Instagram thing. So <laughs> here's what I really like is, is I can recall, and it's not like I live on it. In fact, I'm trying to cut back my time. I'm trying to meter my times because it can absorb your life. But mm. what, I, what I have found out is the woodworking community on Instagram is extremely uplifting and helpful. I have text, say, uh, Norm Satorius, um, he's 80 years old. He he's a sculptor of wood. He 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 carves these beautiful wood sculptures, and um, you know some of them sell for four thousand dollars. And I says, hey, how how much do you sand? What grit do you sand to? And I get a text back from him saying, oh, I sand to six hundred for most woods. Every once in a while, like ebony to a thousand. You know, he doesn't have to answer. I'm nobody. He doesn't have to answer that. But <laughs> I, I, I can recall one time when two spoon carvers were screaming at each other on Instagram where um, one guy was saying, you steal my ideas. And I'm kind of laughing because we're talking wood and we're talking spoons. And we're saying, well, you know, are there any new innovations on style? Because people have been carving spoons for thousands of years. OK, so, I mean, I'm kind of laughing. Finally, one guy gets in there and says, hey, this is more of a another social media thing. You don't sit there and yell at people on this one. This one's all uplifting. And I never heard and I, I follow the same two fellows again. I've never heard anything bad again. And <laughs> I, extremely, extremely confident building, uplifting and helpful. I think that is that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The the Instagram community, especially the woodworking, is is fantastic. And yeah, I, I, I've seen that. It's like woodworking, at least in my experience, is one of those things where they always say, "Never meet your heroes." Well, I've met my <laughs> heroes, and they're nice guys. I am a nice guy, aren't I, Kyle? <laughs> yes, you are. You you are my first hero. Yeah, you know I mean, you need Dave higher. <laughs> Um, I will absolutely second that uh, that opinion, Rex, and I will go as far as to say that at least in uh, in the woodworking circles that I have traveled in on other social media, it is equally as uplifting and as supportive. And it, it, it woodworking, as long as I've been in the community, has continued to just prove to be an enjoyable, supportive, um, uplifting community. I, I can't think of a of a place I would rather be. Pretty cool. It's, I mean, with how, you know, with things going on in society today and stuff out there, it's just way cool. Mm-hmm. Well, good. So um, with that said, so Rex, uh, where can folks find you on the interwebs? Um, they can find me at Rex, R-E-X, Hanson, H-A-N-S-E-N, on Instagram, the only social media that matters. Thank you. And Diami, where can folks find you? I am at uh, Diami Plotke on Twitter. I am at Penultimate Woodshop on uh, on Instagram and Penultimate Beer on uh, Untapped. 
And I think Sean's having some technical difficulties. Sean, are you with us? I'm here. Oh, okay. So where can uh, folks find you? Uh, I am at Sean W78 on most every social media, uh, including Untapped. How about you, Kyle? And you can always find me at Barton.Kyle on Instagram. Again, the only social media platform. So with that, that just about wraps up the show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to us uh, on whatever podcatcher you choose to use. Just search for the Modern Motor Workers Association. There you'll never be able to never miss any of our exciting episodes. I don't necessarily uh, share this um, or promote this, I guess is the term I'm looking for. I don't necessarily promote this because I think it's in terms of podcasts – it's a bit of a walled garden and isn't necessarily helpful to the community. But for those of you who are listening to us on a platform saying, damn, I wish I could hear you guys on Spotify. We are actually on Spotify. Um, so if, if that, uh, if that floats your boat, please feel free to listen to us there. Oh. Um, and in the meantime, I would say uh, just grab your friend's audio listening device, be it a phone or um, that old, you know, 1987 PC they're lugging around and subscribe to the Modern Woodwork Association for them and allow them to enjoy the, uh, the enjoyment that is a couple hours of talking about woodworking. Here, uh, here. Yeah, so with that, uh, make sure your mic is turned on and uh, crank up Spotify and go build something <laughs> in the shop. geez, maybe I'm missing something. So I run in there and I have to tell you, I wish they, I, I, in fact, I begged them to please record them and then let mm. the attendees have a copy of the disc. I mean, you know, missing Mike Pekovich's class on design, but I wanted to see, you know, what Bob Van Dyke was like because the Connecticut School of Woodworking was one in the running. And I want to look and see how, because he says on his website, I'll personally craft it for you if you want to stay a longer mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I could hang out with Bob anytime. He is hilarious. And just the guy knows stuff. So I, you know, so I, I, I kind of always go to Mike Pekovich's. I, um, I don't know, really enjoy fighting woodworking live, but I, um, always learn something in every class. And I wish I went, I mean, I have heard nothing but great things about Daniel's class. If, if I could offer a suggestion, I, Years ago, um, at Fine Woodworking, uh, not Fine Woodworking Live, at Woodworking America, um, yeah. I would go through the calendar and pick all the different things I wanted to go. And then we'd be in the halls in between classes, and I'd run into everybody and be like, oh, you go to that class? Okay, fine, I'll go to that class. And we'd just kind of wander around. And for a while, it was like, well, you know what? I'm just going to be free and go where my friends are going. Um, mm-hmm. And then, more recently, I've come to the conclusion that I go to the classes that I am never going to do. And what I mean by that is like at Woodwork in America, my favorite instructor was, um, who is the gentleman who wears, uh, 17th century regalia? Um, I'm blanking on his name. Sean, do you know? He does everything by hand. I think I know who you're talking about, yeah. but I cannot remember his name. Um, really, 
a soft spoken fella. If I yeah. And he's always in his, you know, he's dressed for Clooney Williamsburg or wherever he worked. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I have to tell uh, you, when I look at his work, I'm going, man, this guy's good. And then when I see how young he is, I am shocked every time. Yeah, and one of the best instructors I've ever had the pleasure of sitting through. Now, I am, my, my style is very different from what he builds. I don't know that I'm ever going to build something that he, the way he builds it, but a wonderful, wonderful instructor. I will never pass by a class that I can attend that he's giving. And mm-hmm. it, I'm not exactly even sure how, but I know that sitting through those classes informs my work and makes me a better woodworker. And Daniel Rosebird's class at Fine Woodworking Live was the same thing, the shrink pots. I'm yeah. not a green woodworker. I'm not a hand tool person. Uh, actually, after taking the class... I don't know that I'm willing to invest the minimal investment that is required to get the tools to do it, but I don't think I'm going to do that. But if I had the opportunity to make a shrink pot, I probably would because they were cool. But that's, that being that's said, I picked it because it was like it was way out in left field compared to what I make. Mm-hmm. But it was one of the best classes there. Um, it's, it's, and I, I highly recommend you pick the classes that are 180 degrees from what you want to make and just see what you pick up. It's actually a really good idea because lately I've been thinking, I mean, one of the things that Aspen Golan can do is she takes, you know, uh, she and I happen to be sitting next to each other. And, I, you know, I'm just wondering who this young kid is. And she's carving this spoon. And we started chatting. Well, mm-hmm. she was an elementary school teacher for five years. And then she somewhere along her career, she decided she wanted to learn how to make Damascus steel. So that's what she did before she went to North Bend. Is she was making Damascus steel. Well, one of the things that's so in a, what's so lovely about his work is she'll take in, well, I'm going to do this porcelain piece and bring it in, or I'm going to do this drawing and bring it into my woodworking. Yeah. So it, it's, it's like the picture behind the glass and a door or something. And so if you do those 180 things, I mean, I would have never – I would have never thought the the fellow that talked at one of the opening exercises about uh, you know where his son was pushing the hand plane while he's talking. Yeah, um, um, Jonathan. That yeah. that lecture was that's probably one of the funnest hours I've had in years. It I absolutely just, agree. I absolutely it was agree. Way cool, you know. I mean, well, hey, if someone said, "Hey, let's go to this class and stand up and sing a work song," you're going, "Ah, maybe." That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Is great it Jonathan or Joshua? Too. Did I get his name wrong? Joshua, Joshua Klein. Joshua. Sorry, Joshua. Yeah, he is really yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, and, and in so, fact, uh, we need to have him back on because they're about ready to go to press. I think on their next issue. Yeah, they are. Bennett. Yeah. Um, but I think that's really good counsel to, to go one eighty from what you'll do mm-hmm. because the more you learn about those things, to bring that into your woodworking, it just expands your capabilities. It's Absolutely, a good idea. and. The, the, honestly, the long and short of it is in an hour and a half class, if it's something you really want to do, you're not learning how to do it proficiently in an hour and a half. Um, <laughs> not at all. So you, you got to pick up some things that are helpful without question. Yeah. Um, but I, I think you're better spent, you know, learning from those people who are opposite what you want to do. And you just take it in and it's that's how I've had the most fun in these classes uh, for recent years. Right. It's good counsel. Yep. And uh, I'll disagree with you a little bit because, yeah, Rex, yeah, I did 
jump out of Peter's uh, class for one session, one session only. <laughs> well, it was I, the wrong I, session, I, Kyle. I left, and that was and that was to go see Chris Schwartz. But uh, yeah, I pretty much I was pretty much stalking him the entire time. But for me, it was like a refresher course because I'd taken a class with him before, and it was just like, okay, this is a refresher course, and his stool is definitely something uh, I want to build. So. Well, the the, the yeah. thing I noticed about you and Sean, you weren't there, were you? Didn't you have? I was of, not. I was running a half marathon. Like, <laughs> but, but what I noticed about you guys is, I I don't know how you do this. For me, it's a hobby, okay, and it, it's 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 something I want to do, and I know you want to do it. But you guys are working your butts off trying to get all your interviews in. I mean, geez. When it's a long weekend. That yeah, it is a long weekend. I think uh, the uh, the Texas uh, woodworking uh, show was a little bit more involved because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we were not only uh, doing all our normal interviews, we were doing them during the show, and then we had to uh, also make we were kind of the MCs of the show and have to make announcements, yeah, but- which. The thing about but, that, Kyle, is that it was at, only one day at yeah. Fine Woodworking Live. I never got to stand on a table with a bullhorn and yell. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you tried, but Ben, for ben. <laughs> <laughs> that got shot down just as quick. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, yeah. We we do do a lot at the shows, but it's it's always a great time. But it's always a great time. Quite frankly, it's I have been. Um, I've been absent of this show for far too long because of the what was my summer. Um, but that being said, half the reason I've been able to to miss so much is not only the fact that um, these two guys have been willing to, to cover the base and move on without me, but we were able to record so many episodes at those yeah. two conventions that mm-hmm. we went about two months without actually recording an episode because mm-hmm. we'd recorded so many between those two. I think there was a week off between those two conventions. Yes, yes, it um, was. Yeah. So April, we got a lot of recording done. Actually, I liked I liked the ones for the Texas uh, conference as well. Those, I mean, it was all pretty cool. Plus, you know, who doesn't want to listen to Philip Morley for a while speak? The guy's awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> And anytime yes. I get to go to Texas to talk with somebody I know who lives in Connecticut, why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, are we ready to do the next one? Uh, we are. <laughs> 